Hello and welcome to the Flog Network. This is Scott Benzing filling in for Justin Ruff. It is Wednesday, November 27th. Blackout Wednesday, as some people like to refer to it, uh, with Thanksgiving being tomorrow. Um, I apologize for not being on earlier this week. I have been swamped with work before the holiday. Um, It's just been a bad week. I am going to today go over some of the matchups that happened this last weekend really quickly. I will do a quick recap of the waiver wire additions that occurred early this morning. Um, And I'll just quickly reference the flog matchups. Um, I discuss more of it in the commissioner's corner that will follow this portion of the flog network podcast. So um, stay tuned for that. It's going to be a quick one. Uh, I am, it's about 1.30 p.m. I am planning on heading back up to see the family, so I want to get out of Indianapolis before all of the traffic starts to pile up. Um, So let's get right into it with some of the Week 12 matchup recaps. Uh, This is a week that didn't really matter much as far as who gets in the playoffs and who is stuck in the toilet bowl. Um, But that being said, there were some interesting things that happened. We'll start off with the, I don't know if you'd call it a surprise because not many people were expecting uh, Marcus to come away with this victory, but the score differential between the Blount Force and Terry's Terrorist uh, was a record setter. Uh, Blount Force scoring 209.1 points, uh, high scorer on the season, looking like he might set the all-time scoring record for the flog. Um, beating the Terry's terrorists by almost 150 points. I went back into the flog history and even including playoff matchups that are two weeks long, this is the highest scoring differential in any flog matchup in history. It's incredible. 150 points and to come in one week. And part of that is because the Terry's terrorists only scored 59.9 points. That, I'm just dumbfounded. Um, I never thought that the low scoring record would be beat, which was, I think, 82.2 set in year one of the flog. Um, a year where there were less positions, the scoring was lower, so most of the teams scored less anyway, but wow. Um, in a, in a league where we start 12 players, to only to score less than 60 points is it's a feat. I almost want to clap for Marcus. Um, having not even done this intentionally, it's just, I don't know. We will get into it. And we'll start with his quarterbacks. Matt Ryan and Dak Prescott, 7.6, 6.8 fantasy points. Um, bad days for both of them. Joe Mixon, 7.9. David Montgomery, 4.1. Not looking great there. Marcus's wide receivers, his his high-scoring players on his team. We have Kenny Galladay at 8.1. Marvin Jones, 7.1. Randall Cobb, high scorer on the team with 10.6. Just not good there. Jason Witten coming in with a whopping one fantasy point. James White, 0.4 fantasy points. We have Philip Lindsay, 7.3. 
And we have the Jags defense with negative three points, giving up 42 points to the Titans, letting Derrick Henry run all over him. And his kicker, Matt Gay, two fantasy points, a guy who missed three extra points in this game. Um, it's it's incredible. Uh, I, I don't know what else I can say. What a week for Marcus. I know he is not happy about it. There, he, You can't get any lower than this, Marcus. So know that everything's up from here. His opponent, the Blount Force, doing what he always does. Lamar putting up 41.1, taking down the Rams. Josh Allen, 21. Fournette and Henry combining for 60 points. I mean, Mike Evans had a down game. Tyler Lockett had a down game. Evans with seven points. Tyler Lockett with 4.3. Talked about Blount's team all year. Um, he has guys in his lineup every week that don't do much. Um which isn't surprising, that's fantasy football, but he has guys that do things like Fournette and Henry, putting up 32.4 and 28 points. So, never seems to hurt him. He always scores a lot of points. His quarterback's doing a lot. So, um, Julian Edelman, 13.3 fantasy points. Zach Ertz, 21.1. Don't even need to look. That's definitely his biggest game of the year. Uh, Calvin Ridley, 19. Tevin Coleman having... Uh, a low-scoring affair compared to the rest of his team with 11.9. The Raiders' defense getting Blount negative one, and he still put up over 209 points. I mean, wow. Big day for the Blount force. Knew it was going to be a big victory for Quentin, but didn't expect it to be record-setting big. Uh, next matchup is Magic Skull Bus taking down the high-flying Hawaiians. Uh, Magic Skull Bus 148.1. High Flying Hawaiians, 84.4, another super low score this week in the flog. Uh, looking down Keegan's lineup real quick. He did not have a tight end this week and still almost put up 150. He left Hunter Henry in there, who was on a bye. Um, matchup didn't mean much. He wasn't going to lose any playoff positioning, and he probably didn't want to drop anybody to pick up a streaming tight end. Um Chris Godwin going absolutely bonkers for Magic Skull Bus, 33.9 fantasy points. Jameis getting him 27.2. His running backs were terrible. Aaron Jones, 3.8. Kalen Balazs, 3.1. But he had guys like Odell Beckham Jr., 17.4. Devontae Adams, 15.8. Kind of making up for those two. Uh, Going over to the high-flying Hawaiians, um, if it wasn't for George Kittle getting him nearly 22 fantasy points, um, this might have been a record-setting low score. Uh, Kittle accounting for over 25% of his points on the week. Aaron Rodgers, 10.3. Derek Carr, 4.1. Barf. Josh Jacobs, 4.1. Barf. Jets absolutely dismantled the Raiders. Bo Scarborough, 7.8. Not a bad day for him, considering he is a backup backup. Uh Julio 9.3, Tyrell and Jamison Crowder, both 2.8, Darren Waller 5.6, Jalen Samuels 4.7. So bad day there for the high-flying Hawaiians. <coughs> Excuse me there. Ugh. The next matchup, Coon Squad going up against the Savage Patch Kids. Again, these matchups didn't mean much, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on them. TC coming away with the victory, 169 to 142.2 for the Coon Squad. Um, TC scoring 169 and didn't have a second quarterback in. Uh, He said he was waiting to see if he needed one and he was going to 
pick up a guy who played in the afternoon games, but uh, once the one o'clock games on Sunday finished up, he was pretty comfortable. So he just left Kyler in there to get him a big goose egg and still almost put up 170. Drew Brees over 25 points. Kamara, 14.7. He's been getting more involved recently. McCaffrey, almost 30 every week. Uh, Michael Thomas, 21.1. DJ Moore, 28.4. The rest of the lineup not doing a lot, all under 10 points. Gallup, 7.5. Goddard, 4.7. Carson, 7.7. Had some fumbling issues. That's a real concern. Uh, Scary Terry, 9.7. So... TC winning easily, even without a second quarterback. Um, the Coon squad had Jimmy Garoppolo, Mitch Trubisky, both right around 20 fantasy points. Solid day for both of them, especially for the Biscuit, who's been a big disappointment this year. He had 19.8 fantasy points. So good call there by the Coon squad, although he did drop Tom Brady to put in Trubisky. So that's interesting. Um, I'm sure somebody scooped him up. We'll get into the waiver pickups immediately after this. Um, Saquon, seven fantasy points. Uh, Chicago kind of shut him down. Giants offense has been bad. And uh, it's not running through Saquon like it did last year. So I think he gets better, but that's really disappointing. Uh, Zeke, Elliott, 14.6. Connor's wide receivers doing some good things, though. Allen Robinson, 22.1. Will Fuller, 17.5. So good things out of those wide receivers. Uh, DK Metcalf was disappointing, five points. Greg Olson, 6.9. Meh. I mean, he's solid tight end. Tight ends, unless you get a touchdown, uh, people are going to say you suck. So not mad about Greg Olson there. T.Y. Hilton not doing a whole lot, 3.3 fantasy points. And John Brown, 10.9. Uh, been a, a lot steadier of, an, a, of a wide receiver there for the Coon squad uh, with John Brown who's been a really consistent wide receiver all year, but not exploding like he did last week. And then the last matchup, the LeBron Kings uh, putting up their high score on the year, 181.1, beating myself, Juju's in the Attic, 148.7. I took a look at the flog history. The last two years, when I played rough, he scored his highest um, point total of the season, so... Uh, I wouldn't expect anything less. Um, so he came away with the victory here to improve to three and nine. I dropped to six and six. Uh, doesn't really matter though, uh, because the playoff brackets were pretty much set going into this week. A uh, quick look at Justin's lineup. Jacoby Brissett, 13 points. Russell Wilson having a down game, 10.5 fantasy points. Todd Gurley having a real down game against the Ravens, 3.4. Um, Nick Chubb though going off 23.9 fantasy points. DeAndre Hopkins, 24.4 fantasy points. Devontae Parker, 12.1. Jarvis Landry, big, big day for him, 31.8 fantasy points. Uh, Ruff threw in, uh, or picked up a tight end and Jared Cook after Hooper went down and he traded Mark Andrews away. Uh, Jared Cook getting 18.9 fantasy points. Sony Michelle, not great, uh, 8.5. But Jonathan Williams, the fill-in for Marlon Mack with the Colts, 19.6. So big days out of those guys. Big day for the LeBron Kings. On my side of this matchup, Deshaun Watson, 20.8. I picked up Baker because he was playing Miami, and he did really well. Um, Pat Mahomes was on a bye, so I needed a quarterback. Baker Mayfield, 26.5 fantasy points. Um, 
So good day for him. My running backs, Le'Veon, 13.3, didn't get into the end zone. Had a good amount of uh, touches and yards, though, so I'm happy to see that. Mark Ingram, big day for him, had two touchdowns, ran the ball really well. Um, 24.3 fantasy points for Marky Mark. Uh, and then my wide receivers and tight end kind of stunk it up this week. Um, Emmanuel Sanders had one catch for 15 yards, got two points. Um, he's still battling that rib injury. It's nothing structurally wrong. It's more of a pain tolerance type of thing. And because the 49ers were just beating the brakes off of the Packers, they didn't really need him in there. So probably letting him rest a little bit. Um, but I didn't have any options with guys on bye this week at wide receiver. So DJ Chark, 8.3 fantasy points. Meh, had five catches for 38 yards. Uh, Cooper Cup, 6.5 fantasy points. Again, not a lot going there. The Ravens shut down the Rams. Rams offense looks like it is in trouble. Uh, Mark Andrews, again, Kelsey on a bye. Mark Andrews at tight end spot, 5.5 fantasy points. Wasn't needed. Ravens ran the ball really well. Um, threw it to Hollywood Brown and Willie Sneed. So Mark Andrews not getting a lot of points there. Devin Singletary, 11.9. Kareem Hunt, 11.6. Like both of those guys, um, had good matchups this week. Singletary looks explosive. Kareem Hunt's getting more involved. So glad to see where they go moving forward. And we are going to move forward to quickly go over the waiver wire ads. Um, they cleared this morning around 4 a.m. Uh, the first waiver pickup was by the Savage Patch Kids, adding Rashad Penny. Uh, he dropped J.D. McKissick, the running back in Detroit, and added Penny, who is going to get a lot more touches now with Chris Carson's fumbling problems being front and center there. The high-flying Hawaiians added Tom Brady. Uh, he dropped Jared Goff, who's been goffle. Ha. Um, yeah, Jared Goff has been terrible. Don't blame Jake for dropping him. Tom Brady's been pretty productive, but don't know how much his passing um, is going, how good his passing is going to be in New England in December. So we'll see. Uh, looks like the LeBron Kings tried to add Tom Brady as well, but uh, Jake cucked him there and was ahead of him in the waiver order, so it was unsuccessful. The Coon squad added Marquise Brown after that big game on uh, Monday night against the Rams. He dropped Adrian Peterson. And Jake, the high-flying Hawaiians, also adding Ryan Tannehill and dropping Derek Carr. So Jake doing a full change out there with his quarterbacks, um, dropping Goff and Carr, adding Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill, trying to shore up that roster for the uh, Toilet Bowl playoffs. And then quickly go over some of the more recent activity as far as guys that were added um, in free agency after waivers cleared. So um, just looking down here, there's been quite a bit of movement this morning. Um, starting at 7.13 a.m., LeBron King's dropping Brian Hill and the Browns defense and adding D.D. Westbrook. Um, LeBron King's also adding Jack Doyle and dropping Jacob Hollister. Uh, interesting move there. Hollister's been, I mean, he had a down game this past week, but overall he's been pretty solid uh, filling in for Will Disley there as the tight end in Seattle. Magic Skull Bus coming in around 8.30, dropping Kalen Balaj, who's been terrible, 
adding LaShawn McCoy, who looks to be getting more healthy um, and getting more involved in that Chiefs backfield again. Um, Coon squad coming in around 920, adding Nick Foles, dropping Curtis Samuel. Uh, DJ Moore's really taking over that number one spot uh, for wide receiver in Carolina. The Blount Force adding Tony Pollard and dropping the Raiders defense. Um, Blount Force also adding Gus Edwards and dropping his streaming kicker, Young Ho Koo, who was filling in for Harrison Butker, who was on a bye. Blount Force adding the Giants defense and dropping Gus Edwards uh, nine minutes later. Don't understand that, but okay. Um, LeBron Kings with the last uh, free agent pickup at 11 o'clock, adding A.J. Brown and dropping D.D. Westbrook, um, who he had uh, he had picked up from free agency uh, just less than four hours earlier. So that is it for the waiver wire additions. Um, no TC Thursday this week. It's It's been a strange week with the holiday, short week. Uh, got a lot of things to do. I am heading out of town. Uh, it's going to be Thanksgiving on Thursday. So um, really short episode this week. Don't want to keep you guys too long. I will be back next week. Go over the matchups from the first round. I'm going to try to get some guests on to discuss those uh, because it'll be the playoffs. Um, discuss who guys are picking up on the waivers and free agency on Wednesday morning. Uh, Also have another edition of Commissioner's Corner next week and try to get TC back on for TC Thursday. Really deep dive into some of these matchups looking forward and what happened in the uh, first round of the playoffs. So that's it for me, guys. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Eat all the food. Um, Enjoy time with your family. Uh, I'll be back next week still filling in for Justin with basketball season being in full swing. Uh, Stay tuned for the Commissioner's Corner immediately following this, and I'll see you guys all next week. This has been the Flog Network. Hello and welcome to the Commissioner's Corner. As always, this is your Commissioner speaking, Scott Benzing. And the Flog regular season is officially over. The playoff brackets are set, as well as the toilet bowl brackets. And it's shaping up to be an exciting postseason. Uh, Quickly go over the matchups. Number one seed is the Blount Force. 10 and 2. Number 2 seed is the Magic Skull Bus at 9 and 3. Savage Patch Kids with the third seed at 7 and 5. And Juju's in the Attic coming in with the fourth seed at 6 and 6. So 1 and 4, 2 and 3 playing each other there on the other side of the bracket. Um, those trying to avoid becoming the dreaded toilet bowl uh, loser. We have the Coon Squad at five and seven with the fifth seed. Uh, the Terry's Terrorists also five and seven with the sixth seed. Um, we have the High Flying Hawaiians at three and nine with the seventh seed. And the defending Toilet Bowl loser slash champion, however you want to say it, the LeBron Kings sitting at three and nine. Um, so some exciting matchups have Blount Force against Juju's in the Attic in the first round. Uh, 
the Savage Patch Kids and Magic Skull Bus going at each other in the first round. And then in the Toilet Bowl, we have the Coon Squad going up against the LeBron Kings and Terry Terrace going up against the High Flying Hawaiians. So going to be some good matchups, be playing each other over the next two weeks. Um, really exciting stuff. So I don't have a lot of time, been pretty busy uh, the holidays this week, so I'm going to get right into it. Um, pretty light on NFL topics this week. Uh, Ravens, 49ers, and Patriots are all awesome. Uh, Ravens doing incredible things. Patriots defense really showing up in that nasty weather game against Cowboys, shutting them down. Um, And 49ers just doing what they do, rolling. Uh, Bengals and Dolphins still suck. But the Redskins, um, they got a win this week. They beat the Detroit Lions, and they now have two wins on the season. Dwayne Haskins gets his first career win, although didn't look great but hey a win's a win and uh, he went over to the crowd after um, I think the Redskins picked it off or something I don't know there was a change of possession there he was in the crowd over on the sideline taking selfies with fans and they actually had to roll out uh, Case Keenum to do the final kneel down because there's still a couple seconds left on the clock and yeah that's a that's a real rookie mistake there by Dwayne Haskins. Um, sure, his coaches aren't happy that he was taking selfies thinking that the game was over when actually he needed to be out there to take the final kneel down. But hey, Redskins got a win. They, um, yeah, they're still bad, but looks like it's the uh, number one pick. It's pretty much going to the Bengals. They don't have a win. Uh, Dolphins and Redskins both have two wins now. So It'll be interesting to see which of those two ends up with the number two pick, but it seems like Bengals are in the driver's seat for the number one. Um, other than that, we'll get into more NFL stuff next week. Uh, we have three games going tomorrow uh, for Thanksgiving. Bears at Lions, Cowboys and Bills, and then I think it's the Falcons and Saints in the late Thursday night game. So some good matchups, great weekend of football as always buys are over everybody's back in play let's get ready for these playoffs moving on to freak of the week and this week goes to my guy uh kind of a breakout star this year he was had a lot of preseason hype a lot a lot of preseason hype and he has absolutely lived up to it and that is chris godwin wide receiver for the buccaneers seven catches 184 yards two touchdowns 33.9 fantasy points for the magic skull bus um, he's been great all year. Can't say enough about the dude. He was a third round pick out of Penn State a few years back, and he flashed a little bit his rookie year. Didn't play a whole lot, kind of learning the offense. Um, last season, though, his second year in the league, he he started showing some signs that he was he's a big guy. Um, I think he's six three ish, six six two to six four range somewhere in there. A big bodied guy. Uh, he's really quick, runs good routes, has really good hands. And um, when Mike Evans is taking over a lot of the coverage uh, from the top defenders on the opposing team, it means Chris Godwin is going to be a big time player. And he's done that all year. So congrats, Chris Godwin, for being freak of the week. Um, hope to see more out of it. Hope the Bucks can get some more wins like they did this past weekend. Moving on to studs and duds, stud QB, every week, every week this guy's here, Lamar Jackson, absolutely torching the Los Angeles Rams. 
15 of 20 passing, only 169 yards. And I mean, that doesn't seem like a lot, but five passing touchdowns and also added eight carries for 95 yards. The dude's a baller. This guy is amazing. I love what the Ravens have done. They've tailored an offensive scheme around his strengths. Um, He doesn't need to go out there and throw for 400 yards. They're going to run the ball. They're going to pass it um, on high percentage throws, and he's making the throws. He they they just scheme it up so well. It's awesome to watch. And at any point, he can break off a 50-yard touchdown run. I mean, he's so dynamic, so elusive. It's incredible to watch. Might have to um, become a Ravens fan because Lamar Jackson is that good. Uh, Some honorable mentions at quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, 34.2 fantasy points. He's been doing some good things for the Titans, Um, and they're winning games with him. He's not throwing for 300 yards every game, but he's adding value with his legs. He's getting rushing touchdowns. He's moving the ball, keeping the offense on the field. So good things there in Tennessee with Tannehill. And then Sam Darnold, 30.2 fantasy points against the Raiders. Uh, yeah, he we looked at his schedule earlier in the year, and I know he missed five, six games with Mono, and he came back at the easiest part of their schedule, and the Jets' schedule has been really, really easy and will continue to be easy for the next few weeks, so some good things coming for Darnold there, it appears. Stud running back, Mr. Lenny Fournette, uh, finally finally getting into the end zone. He's been carrying the ball a lot, been catching a lot of passes, but uh, coming into this game, he only had one one rushing touchdown on the year, maybe one total touchdown on the year, which as much as he touches the ball, that was just an anomaly. He was definitely a positive regression candidate for touchdowns, and he got two rushing touchdowns this week. 24 carries, 97 yards, added nine catches for 62 yards, so getting involved in the passing game quite a bit a lot of check downs um that's continuing to occur even with nick Foles taking back over the qb spot there in jacksonville uh fournette with 32.4 fantasy points so big day for him and the blount force honorable mentions mccaffrey uh coming in with 29.8 fantasy points so didn't didn't get stud this week because fournette had such a big day but McCaffrey always right up there, top scorers of the week. Derrick Henry, another Blount Force, um, his backfield companion to Leonard Fournette, 28 points for Derrick Henry. Dude just loves to run against the Jags. Every year, it seems like he just loves to run against the Jags because he always has huge games, broke off a big touchdown run like he is prone to do. Uh, Mark Ingram, 24.3 fantasy points. He only touched the ball, I think, 15 times, 16 times, something like that against the Rams. And big reason why they had to commit to stopping the run and allow uh, Lamar Jackson to just throw it on them, especially when they got in the red zone. Uh, Mark Ingram, 24.3, had two two touchdowns, a, a goal line carry that Lamar got stopped on. They got short, just handed off to Mark Ingram, dives in the end zone. Uh, he's been doing that all year. And then he also caught a pass for like a seven yard touchdown reception, uh, his third receiving touchdown in the last two weeks. Like to see him get involved in the offense in the passing game there. And then Nick Chubb, 23.9 fantasy points, the Browns playing the Dolphins. So a lot of fantasy value for they their entire team. Um, 
Speaking of Browns players, stud wide receiver this week is Jarvis Landry, just missing out on that freak of the week. He had 10 catches, 148 yards, and two touchdowns, 31.8 fantasy points. Um, Godwin just edging him out there, but Jarvis Landry, big day for him. And I've been saying it for a while now. He's the number one wide receiver in that Browns offense. Maybe not talent-wise, but production-wise. Uh, OBJ gets the better the better corners in coverage. He gets more attention from the defense. And Jarvis Landry's a good receiver. And especially over the past month or so, he's been really showing that, hey, I'm a good wide receiver too. So you need to focus on me more. Um, just getting it done the last month and looking really good. Uh, honorable mentions for wide receiver, DJ Moore, 28.4 fantasy points. He's really come on strong for the Panthers and the Savage Patch kids. DeAndre Hopkins, 24.4 fantasy points, had two receiving touchdowns against the Colts on Thursday night football. Uh, him and Deshaun are starting to heat up together. Allen Robinson, 22.1 fantasy points. George Kittle, a nice rebound game for Kittle after missing some games with injury. 21.9 fantasy points for George there. And then AJ Brown, another guy who's kind of boomer bust, uh, but seems to be having a good connection with Tannehill recently. He had 21.5 fantasy points this last week against the Jacks. And as always, we have some duds. And I'm just going to preference this dud section by saying I could pretty much put Marcus and Jake's entire teams in this section. Um, for those of you that are unaware, Marcus and Jake both had absolutely horrendous games this week. Marcus setting the all-time lowest score in flog history, including the first season uh, before I was here by a long stretch when there were less roster spots. I think the scoring was a little bit different. So pretty much all of the games there were lower scoring compared to what they are now. And Marcus still just obliterating the old record. I think the old low score was 82 points, somewhere around there. Uh, Marcus coming in with 59.9 fantasy points as a team. I, I just don't even know how that's possible. That is remarkable. I mean, to think you only score, un, you score under 60 points. You have two quarterbacks, two running backs, three wide receivers. Then you add in a tight end, two flex spots, and a defense and a kicker. That's 12 spots. That means his average score per player was under five points. Just incredible. I mean, wow. Um, and Jake, I mean, Jake had a really bad game too. He, really bad for him. I mean, another low scoring, George Kittle kind of bailed him out or he would be uh, near what the, uh, he'd be near Marcus. Uh, George Kittle putting up 21.9 fantasy points. I think Jake only put up 80. Um, just not a good day. 84.4 for the High Flying Hawaiians this past week. And 21 coming from George Kittle. So a quarter of his points coming from one guy. Um, bad, bad days for these guys. But as far as the actual duds, um, start with quarterback Derek Carr. 127 yards passing, one interception. Uh, he was pulled in the third quarter because they were getting absolutely boat raced by the Jets. 4.1 fantasy points. Jake's QB, 
Um, he has dropped him since then. Uh, some dishonorable mentions are both of Marcus's quarterbacks. Dak Prescott, 6.8. Matt Ryan, 7.6. So bad, bad days for these guys. Dud running back. We go to James White, another guy on the Terry's Terrace. Two carries, five yards, one catch for negative six yards, 0.4 fantasy points. Uh, it was a really nasty game there in New England. Pouring rain, windy, um, but James White, usually a decent fantasy producer. Terrible, terrible game for him. Some dishonorable mentions. We had Kalen Balage, uh, Todd Gurley, Aaron Jones, and then uh, Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery, two guys on the high-flying Hawaiians. So, yeah, 4.1 for them, 3.8 for Aaron Jones, 3.4 for Todd Gurley, 3.1 for Kalen Balage. So, not great days for those guys. And the dud pass catcher, another guy on the Terry's Terrorist, Jason Witten, one catch, five yards, one fantasy point. So, you can see how he came to get that... Um, lowest score ever. Uh, some dishonorable mentions. Emmanuel Sanders had one catch for 15 yards, got two fantasy points. Uh, Tyrell Williams and Jamison Crowder, both on the high-flying Hawaiians, 2.8 fantasy points apiece. Cortland Sutton, 3.2. T.Y. Hilton, 3.3. Lockett had 4.3. So some dud, dud wide receivers there. Um, yeah. Now we'll move on to bad benches, guys that were benched uh, that could have helped out their teams. Start with Keegan benching Sam Darnold. Uh, mentioned that he was had a big day, 30.2 fantasy points against the Raiders. He's been really rounding into form recently against a weak schedule. Uh, Justin and the LeBron Kings benching Tyler Boyd. He put up 16.6. Uh, Justin didn't need any more points this week. He had his highest score of the year and um yeah if unfortunately it was against me but with the playoff seedings pretty much set last week uh, i didn't need to win so i'm not that upset about it um and then i benched ronald jones i uh, didn't like his matchup wasn't sure if what they were saying about him being the starter was going to be true uh, but he ended up with 14.2 fantasy points so ronald jones looking pretty good there in tampa um at least fantasy wise and now moving on to Freak Forecast and player hating for this week. Um, last week, I went five out of six on my projections. So pretty happy about that. Freak Forecast, I had Jarvis Landry, talked about him. He was uh, right up there in Freak of the Week consideration. Had 148 yards, two touchdowns against the Dolphins. Projected 10.6, scored 31.8. So blew his projection out of the water. DK Metcalf, I was forecasting to have a big game. Did not happen. Three catches, 35 yards. Projected 10.8, only ended up with five. Um, thought he was going to get it going, but wasn't able to this week. And then Calvin Ridley was the third guy I was forecasting uh, to be a freak. And he was. Projected 11.5, ended up with 19. Had six catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Added a carry for 15 yards. Um, Expected him to have a big game against the Bucks, but the Bucks defense held up pretty strong, or um, he might have had an even bigger game. And I was hating on a few guys here, and I'm happy to say that correctly predicted all three of them. Uh, hating on DJ Chark, was projected 13.3, ended up with 8.3 
five catches, 38 yards. Uh, Titans have a decent defense. Doesn't seem like the Jags passing game is clicking right now with Nick Foles. Um, that could change in the coming weeks as he gets more settled in after missing uh, the first half of the season with that collarbone injury. I was hating on Cortland Sutton. He was projected 10.7, ended up with 3.2, one catch for 27 yards. Um, yeah, when you have Brandon Allen throwing the ball, not not usually going to have a huge day. Um, and then I was also hating on Joe Mixon. He was projected 12.5, ended up with 7.9, 18 carries for 79 yards, and that's about it. So, uh, yeah, moving on to this week. And the first guy I am forecasting to have a big game in my freak forecast is Jamison Crowder, wide receiver for the Jets going against the Bengals. Bengals are terrible. They're tanking. Uh, Jamison Crowder had a bad game last week. He was in the dishonorable mentions. Um, I think he bounces back. I think this is a rebound game. He's only projected 10.2. I think he beats that pretty easily. He has a good connection there with Sam Darnold. Also, freak forecasting for Tyler Lockett. Again, um, another bounce-back type of game. He's playing Minnesota, who hasn't been fantastic at defending the pass. Uh, they've been a, a pretty good defense all around, but defending the pass hasn't been great. So expect Russ to get him the ball early and often. He's projected 12.9 fantasy points. I think he gets above that. And then I'm going to throw in Ronald Jones here. Um, playing against Jacksonville, uh, he's been involved in the offense a lot more. And as you noticed last week, you can run on the Jags. Um, he's only projected 11.9. I think he gets above that this week. Um, I'm not sure by how much, but he's definitely the guy getting the carries around the goal line. And yeah, he's just, he's looked good. He put on some weight, which usually that's not a good thing because you slow down, but he just, uh, he looks more durable. He looks like he's running harder and that extra weight has actually seemed to benefit him because it doesn't look like he's lost any speed. So like what I've been seeing out of Ronald Jones recently. Guys that I'm hating on for this week, um, this was pretty tough. And there's a few guys in here and I'm not as sure on these guys as I've been on other players that I've hated on in the past. Uh, start with Devontae Freeman against the, the uh, Saints. I think that because this is the first game he's expected to be back in a while, uh, the Falcons will probably ease him back into the offense. Um, it's kind of a lost season for the Falcons at this point. And so I think that they might start to kind of divvy up that backfield work, um, see what they have and some of the other guys. And yeah, Devontae Freeman coming off that injury, they he's probably not going to get as many touches as he would if he was fully healthy. He's projected 12 fantasy points. I don't think he gets that this week. Um, also hating on Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb's look awesome, but Kareem Hunt is starting to get uh, more touches now. He's starting to get more comfortable, have a bigger role in that offense. And the Browns are playing at Pittsburgh. Uh, it's a rematch of that game two weeks ago with the helmet and Mason Rudolph incident. Um, Pittsburgh has a pretty solid defense. I think this is going to be a slugfest. And Nick Chubb's projected 16.9 fantasy points. Unless he gets into the end zone a couple times, I don't think he hits that. Um, but we will see. He absolutely could. Nick Chubb's awesome. 
And then the final guy I'm hating on is Chris Carson going up against Minnesota. I talked about how Minnesota's pass defense has been sort of suspect this year, but their front seven's really good still. Um, And Chris Carson just can't seem to hold on to the football. I mean, he had two fumbles on back-to-back plays last week. The first one fell on, recovered, and then they try to hand it off to him the next play, and he fumbles it again and turns it over. So I think Rashad Penny's definitely going to start getting more touches. He had a big game last week, broke off a big run. Um, I think that Rashad Penny's earned more touches. And with Chris Carson's fumbling problems, I mean, he has eight or nine of them on the season now. I think that he's lost. And so uh, that trust factor with the with the Seahawks is probably, um, it's probably being stretched thin right now. Chris Carson projected 14.6. I don't think he gets that because I don't think he gets as many touches as he has in the past. And finally, on to the flog matchups. I already talked about the matchups at the top of the show. Um, it's, it's exciting. It's my first flog playoffs. I didn't make it last year, first year in the league. Um, but I think that, yeah, I'm in it this year. I think that it's going to be exciting. Um, I will go over this more next week. Uh, no TC Thursday this week because of Thanksgiving. Um, hope to get TC on next week. Talk about these flog matchups. The playoffs are played uh, two consecutive weeks. So you play the same opponent two weeks. And so we'll discuss the scores, outcomes of week one, uh, discuss who we think's going to win the matchups after that first week, um, get more into it. I am going to try to get another guest on. I want to try to get somebody from each playoff bracket, uh, the the actual playoffs and then the toilet bowl bracket, just to kind of discuss matchups, what they think is going to happen, um, get two different perspectives. So look for that next week. But for today, I'll just quickly go through who I think is going to win the week one matchups. Um, Start with the LeBron Kings, the eighth seed going up against the five seed Coon Squad. Um, I think Connor takes this. Uh, Saquon and Zeke are probably going to have good games for him. Barkley, he's been battling with some some injuries that have hampered him a little bit. Um, But I just think his talent is too much to keep him down for too long. So I think he's going to start getting uh, more fantasy points as long as he is fully healthy. If he gets uh, banged up some more, if those injuries are nagging him a little too much, uh, it's not good for the Coon squad, but I think he does take the first round matchup here, uh, week one of round one. Next matchup in the toilet bowl bracket is the High Flying Hawaiians as the seven seed going up against the Terry's Terrorist as the six seed. after this this matchup right here, it's uh, after this past week, um, it might be whoever gets to 85 points for first wins this game. Um, I do think that Jake is going to take this. I just think Marcus's team, um, it's just been a mixture of bad luck and injuries and all sorts of stuff going on with Terry's terrorists this year. Um, he's got decent quarterbacks, but if they have games like they did last week, it's not. It's going to be a long, long playoff uh, run for Terry's Terrorists. Uh, I do think Jake takes this first round 
matchup, though. Uh, moving on to the games that actually matter, and those are the playoff matchups. First matchup here, the three-seed Savage Patch Kids going up against the two-seed Magic Skullbus. TC's team has been looking really, really strong recently. I mean, Kamara's back. He's finally rounding into form after missing some games with injury. They're easing him back into that offense. I think this is the week that they unleash him and he goes on a tear. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, we know what he does. Um, yeah, it's this is a good matchup. Magic School Bus has been doing good things this year, uh, obviously with their 9-3 and three record. But I just think TC takes this first round. And finally, we have Juju's in the Attic with the four seed going up against the Blount Force. And what a force they have been. Um, Blount setting the Flog uh, wins record for regular season. He is at 10 and 2, the first 10 win regular season team in Flog history. So congrats to Blount. He is currently on pace to set the highest scoring, highest average scoring record for the Flog. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, yeah, he he has been an absolute force this year. And his team, it's just, I mean, he has Lamar, who's been incredible. Uh, Josh Allen has been better than some people expected, including myself. Uh, he might not throw for a ton of yards or a ton of touchdowns, but he adds a lot of value with his legs, adds a lot of rushing touchdowns. So both of his quarterbacks have been great. We have Fournette and Henry. They have both been awesome, high volume, high points sort of guys. And if Fournette starts getting into the end zone more, it'll be really scary uh, for myself and then um, whoever he plays next round. Uh, his wide receivers are really the strength of his team. I mean, he has four guys who I think are in the top 12 scoring. Um, and then he has Zach Ertz at tight end. I mean, really, really solid team all around. That being said, his matchups this week are horrendous. Um, the Leonard Fournette goes up against the stingiest run defense in the league and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, Derrick Henry plays at Indianapolis against the Colts. Uh, Lamar, it doesn't really matter who his matchup is, but they have the 49ers this week who have been the second best defense in the league. Um, next to the Patriots. And we know what Lamar did to the Patriots, so not concerned that he's going to have a bad game, but he's probably not going to score 40 like he did this past week. Um, Josh Allen is playing at Dallas on Thanksgiving Day, so it's uh, it's some tough matchups for Blount this week. And because of that, I just think that I'm going to take this first round. Um, not saying I'm going to win the whole matchup, but I think that I come out of this first week of the playoff matchup with a with a lead over the Blount Force. And after that, it's uh, it's all up in the air what could happen. So excited to get these started, excited to see how these matchups play out. Um, I will be back next week with another edition of the Commissioner's Corner. Uh, I'm also continuing to fill in for Justin as basketball season is in full swing. So Expect to hear more of my lovely voice over the next couple weeks. I'll try to get somebody on next week or a couple guys to discuss um, 
playoffs in more depth. So thank you everybody for listening. Have a happy Thanksgiving. I'll see you all next Wednesday. This has been the Commissioner's Corner.